0: You don't know, I'm from Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, tall, dark, and handsome. That's what I call myself. But uh, let's get into the Word of God. Mark chapter 5, 20, Mark chapter 5 25 to 34. It's going to appear on the screen. Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34. It says, A woman in the crowd had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured so much suffering at the hands of many physicians. She had spent all she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. She had heard reports about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe for she thought, for she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. immediately blood was dried up and she felt in her body and knew without any doubt that she was healed of her suffering i have entitled my message today catch thoughts not feelings catch thoughts now tell your neighbor you need to catch some thoughts and not feelings don't remove your mask corona is real catch thoughts not feelings now I want to start off by saying this your thoughts will determine and shape your reality. Your thoughts will determine and shape your reality. Now, the urban dictionary, urban dictionary, excuse me, catching feelings is a term that millennials, my generation, Generation Z, the youngins that we use, right? And I want to explain what it means. To catch feelings means to begin to like someone romantically, usually unexpectedly. So. Your friend will come to you and be like, hey, bro, I am catching feelings for this girl, all right? Or a girl will go to girlfriends and be like, girl, I met this tall, dark, and handsome player. I'm catching feelings for him. I'm hoping that's what my wife said to her friends, okay? (laughs) But you can catch other feelings, right, that are not necessarily romantic. You can catch feelings of anger. You can catch feelings of sadness. You can catch feelings of fear. You can catch feelings of doubt. And so people would say, why are you getting angry? Why are you catching feelings? And what you must understand is that feelings begin at the level of your thoughts. Feelings begin at the level of your thoughts. And we're currently living in a society that is driven by feelings and not by faith. We live in a society right now that is more concerned about how we feel than our faith. And that's very dangerous. Like I mentioned to you, feelings begin at the level of your your thoughts. In this verse that we just read, we find a woman who is described by her issue. She is described by her circumstance. She is described by her condition. She had internal bleeding and had this issue for 12 years. And the Bible states that she had spent all she had on doctors, on medication, and yet she was still not healed what you must understand, that she suffered physically, right? She suffered physically from the constant blood loss because, and she would have probably been weak and anemic. And they had labeled her unclean because in those times, they didn't really understand illnesses like this. So people like that were separated from society. So she was pushed away from society. So she suffered physically, but she also suffered socially. She could not be married because through physical contact, she would defile her husband because she was unclean if she had ever been married she would have to divorce her husband she could not work around those other well she couldn't work around other people because of the danger of defiling them right this reduced her to a life of begging for scraps of food from a distance and her condition left her on the fringes of society she suffered emotionally okay since the bible says she had been this way for 12 years She has lived her life moving from one rejection to another. She is lonely, she's probably frustrated, she's isolated. She also suffered religiously. See, under the law, she was considered unclean. Anything or anyone that she touched was also considered unclean. As a result, she could not mingle with people in public. Least she could also defile them. The last thing she suffered was financially. The Bible says, that she has spent all the money that she had. The doctors had not helped, the remedies that they've given had not helped, and so her bank account was dry. Yet even after suffering so much, she does not move in the realm of her feelings. She does not move in the realm of her feelings. And listen, she had every reason to be complacent. She had every reason to throw a pity party, okay? But she didn't. But the Bible says from some source, she heard about this guy called Jesus, right? And maybe she heard how Jesus healed the blind man. Maybe she heard about how Jesus healed the leper. Maybe she heard about how uh, Jesus caused um, a lame man to walk, right? And so she hears all of these reports. And in Matthew 25, 27 to 28, she says she heard reports about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe. for she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. Can I say this to you today? The beginning of her miracle began at the level of her thoughts. Mm-hmm. The beginning of her miracle began at the level of her thoughts. She could have disqualified herself. She could have been like, listen, I'm unclean. I don't have money. Uh, I can't be in that in that crowd of people. And remember, the society that she lived in, if anyone touched her, they would be unclean. And so sometimes scholars say that they could have stoned her. But she took a risk to move through, to move through the crowd to get to Jesus. But it all began with a thought. With a thought of hope. That that thought turned into an action of faith. That action Turned into a miracle of her being healed. My friend, today I want to I want to propose this to do, to you. The beginning of your miracle begins at the level of your thinking. The beginning of your miracle begins at the level of your thinking. And my question today is: Have you disqualified yourself from the promises God has for you based on your thoughts? Because the Bible is so clear. It says in Proverbs twenty three. Verse 7, it says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Simply put, you're a product of your thoughts. There's this great book that I've been reading. It's Dr. Caroline Leaf, uh called Switch on Your Brain. And, and she says the following. She says, When you think, you build thoughts. And these become physical substances in your brain. Your thoughts take up mental real estate in your brain. And and some of you here today need to evict some thoughts from your brain because they're taking up too much space. Let me say that again. Some of you today need to evict some thoughts because they're taking up too much space in your brain. Too many negative thoughts. And I wanna give you an example of the Israelites, individuals who were on the verge of the promise that God had what you must understand, the Israelites, uh, God had taken them out of Exodus. Moses was their leader. And God had promised them that he would give them the land. Hello, somebody. Anyone wants some land in this house? I would like some land, right? All right. So God promises them land. A land flowing with milk and honey. I don't know what type of land is, but that's the land that I want in my life. Okay? So they're on the verge of promised land, on the verge of the promise God has given them. But something surprising happens, and let's catch it in Numbers 13, verse 30 to 33. It says the following, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go. Everyone say, we should go. We should go, <laughs> we should go and take possession of the land, for we can. Everyone say, we can. We can, we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with them had said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They have spread among the Israelites a bad, and they spread, sorry, among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are are, are, are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Listen, the Israelites were caught between two thoughts. Joshua and Caleb were saying, we can, we should. The other 10 spies, right? They said, we can't, we shouldn't try. And I wanna encourage you today, some of you need to change your vocabulary. For the situation that you're going through, you need to change the vocabulary and say, we can, we should, God can, God will, instead of saying we can't. Amen? Amen? And I want you to understand that in every situation, there'll be two thoughts. The first thought is, God will get me through this, okay? We always have that thought. But the second thought is, the devil will destroy me, I ain't gonna make this thing, okay? But as a child of the Most High God, you need to understand who you are. You need to understand that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You need to understand that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You need to understand that greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. The Israelite nation relied on the report of the spies. So they sent 12 spies they relied on that report to get two things one a picture of the promise of God and a prediction of the outcome and the bad report kept them from going in And I want to say this they weren't stopped by the Giants they weren't stopped by the Giants but by their thoughts they didn't get into the promised land not based on the Giants but based on their thinking based on their thoughts Not by something that was bigger than them, but by something they thought and perceived was bigger than them. Right? They got caught not by giants, but by their own thoughts. And that's so powerful. And what you need to understand is that you can be on the verge of your promised land. And everyone has a promised land. promised land is anything that God has placed in your heart but you could disqualify yourself from it based on your thinking. It's in the Bible guys. I'm not making this stuff up. And what the devil does, he tries to attack your faith, right? So he can't take away the promise from you. So he tries to move you from a place of faith to a place of doubt. So you never take hold of the promise. And the devil's strategy remained the same from the beginning of time. He always questioned God's word, and he did that in the Garden of Eden. When he questioned Eve, he said, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? What he did was he planted a thought of doubt, and the rest is history. The Israelites spies that came with a bad report they spread this thought they said we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes they probably tweeted they probably put it on Facebook they probably put it on Instagram it started trending and they convinced three million people not to go into the promised land one thought derailed the destiny of three million people what happens they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years And the entire generation of men who left Egypt during the Exodus died in the desert, except two people, Joshua and Caleb, who did not slander the land God had promised them. Can I submit the following to you, my friend? You catch what you're close to. Let me say that again. You catch what you're close to. What promises have you forfeited based on the negative thoughts you caught other people. Hello, somebody. What wilderness or desert are you currently walking around based on the negative report you caught from someone else when you should be walking in your promised land? Maybe someone told you you would never get a job. You have no work experience. So you caught that thought and you ain't got no job. Maybe someone told you that your marriage will never last. And you caught that thought, and now you're not willing to work on growing your marriage. Maybe someone told you you'd never be successful, and that you're not smart enough or qualified, and so you've caught that thought, and now you're not walking in it, you're not pursuing the dream God has on, on your life. Maybe someone told you that you'll never build a successful business or lead an organization, so you caught that thought, you're living in it right now maybe someone told you never get married never have a beautiful family and so you caught that thought and you're living in that thought right now my friend you catch what you're close to and we're in this season of corona the social distancing like everyone's got a mask i see some people ain't got no mask hey friend i need you to get a mask okay (laughs) i'm not gonna look at you But some of you need to social distance yourself from a few people. Use corona as an excuse, okay? Because every time you get around that group of people or that individual, you end up catching a gossiping tongue, a lying tongue. You end up catching thoughts of maybe I'm not good enough, I'm not adequate. You end up catching thinking, you end up catching the thinking that excessive drinking, it's all good, it's all right. You end up catching the thinking that corruption is okay. Hey, if I need to succeed, I need to slide a young million on the side to the sky. You end up catching the thought that having a side chick as a married man, it's all good, everyone's doing it, it's trending. Reverse. You end up, ladies, you end up catching the thought that having a bent end as a married woman is all right, right? You catch what you're close to. Let me say this. The people you surround yourself with are either dragging you down or taking you up. And some of you need to audit your friends. Are they, am I catching negative things or am I catching positive things from this relationship. Some of you need to social distance yourself from social media. And everyone say amen. Amen. Because every time you scroll on the gram, Facebook, Twitter, and see someone get that new car, a new house, dream job, family, Gucci bag, Louis V, holidays with the hashtag softlife, I I don't know what that thing is, right? You begin to think, why is God blessing that person? They're corrupt. Does God not know that I am in church 24-7 serving, preaching, doing worship, Okay, And you begin to catch thoughts of offense or judgment, and you end up getting frustrated at the place that you're at, which then leads to jealousy. Then what happens? You end up not liking that person's posts, Okay. When you see them walking around, you like turn the other day. You're like, I don't, I just don't want to, oh, I, you don't want to talk to them, right? Because the blessing that God has in their life right now, it angers you. And I want to, I want to warn you, my friend, catch those thoughts of jealousy. The Bible says for, for wherever there is jealousy, James three, verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish Ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. It's the Bible, folks. Tell your neighbor. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Listen. Always check your heart. Don't get tripped up. Tripped up by the success of others. Celebrate the success, and know that God has your desires in mind, and He will bring them forth in His church? Can we be a church that celebrates the success of our brothers and sisters? Can we be a church that blesses people when God is doing something in their life? And let me warn you, this generation, this thing is catching us. Because all it starts off is with an offense, like how come he got blessed and I didn't? And that offense turns into jealousy. And the Bible says there is evil and disorder of every kind. And perhaps you're asking, God, why aren't you moving in your life? Maybe you've caught a thought of jealousy and there is evil and disorder of every kind and God cannot do something through you because you have not let go of that thing. Hey, church, I'm going to be real with you. This week, jealousy almost had me. Let me tell you the story. A friend of mine, good friend of mine, I was on the gram, of course, scrolling through the gram. Friend of mine got a material possession, like a material thing that I want, and I know God will give it to me, hello, okay? I know he'll give it to me, and as I saw it, I was like, oh, oh, God, that guy, I was like, oh, come on. (laughs) Come on, God, you know me, come on, bro. You know I serve you. Do you even know that guy's story? Listen, do you see that? Catching judgment, right? Catching jealousy, and I began to become frustrated, and God was like, Check your heart, bro. Check your heart, Seth. And in that moment, I had a choice to choose to catch the thought of jealousy or to celebrate the success of my brother. Very simple. By God's grace, I chose the other, the other thought, to celebrate the success of my brother. So I say, you know, I liked it, you know, like I double liked it, I sent a comment, and then God was like, that's not enough. I was like, oh, well, what more? Just like call him, I, then I'm like, oh God, come on. God. I was like, okay, let me. I called him. I was like, hey, bro, howie, I'm so excited. What has God done? Tell me about it. Come on, tell me about it. And I blessed him. I said, God is doing something amazing in your life. You know what? Let me take you for a coffee so you can tell me even more. Listen, I needed to do a physical thing so that my heart could connect with it. Okay. I needed against my internal flesh come on take action against jealousy by serving the person serve them love them kill them with kindness some of you don't even tell people that this their smile is so nice because you're so jealous (laughs) you can't even say Your, your smile is great bro your smile is great my friend listen Serve them wholeheartedly. Serve them. And how do you do this? With your time. Okay. Show up at their house with some food. Two, physically take them out for dinner or lunch. Make that comment. Like that post. Call them. Be like, hey, man, God is so, I'm so, pray for them. Bless them so it can get out of your system. Amen. As I close, I want to help you understand what you need to do to not disqualify yourself from what God has for you, based on your thoughts. Okay? Just three, three simple things. Number one: check your thoughts. Everyone say, check your thoughts. Check your thoughts. Philippians four eight verse nine says the following: Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, and worthy of respect. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life, and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Listen, this is the assessment or the template of how to audit every single thought in your life. So how do you do it? If you're thinking about something, you ask yourself, is it true, is it honorable, is it worthy of respect, is it right, is it pure, is it wholesome, lovely, admirable, does it bring peace, is it excellence, is it of good repute, is it worthy of praise? Second thing, is what I'm watching true, honorable, worthy of respect, right, pure, wholesome, lovely, admirable, does it bring peace? The third thing, are the conversations I'm having with my friends, with my family, is it true, is it honorable, is it worthy of respect, is it right, is it pure, is it wholesome, does it bring excellence? Is the music, I'm listening to, listen, I'm talking to myself here because I love Drake, I love me some rap. Love me some Cardi B, but is it true? Is it honorable? Is it worthy of respect? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it wholesome? Is it lovely? Use this as a template for whatever you think, whatever you say, whatever you watch, the conversations that you're having, the music that you're listening to. And listen, there's a promise attached to this verse. It says, God, the source of peace and well-being will be with us how many how many of you want more peace in your life how many of you want more peace and how many of you want the god of peace to be with you it starts with your thinking dr caroline leaf she says the following she says as we think we change the physical nature of our brain as we consciously direct our thinking we can wire out toxic toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts and it's in the word of god that you can do this number two take each thought captive take each thought captive second corinthians 10 verse 15 it says we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself against the rule against the true knowledge of god and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. How do you do this? Every time you have some thought of negative thought, like, am I enough? What do they think of me? Will I ever make it in life? You take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of God's word. Immediately, you're like, this, according to the word of God, is not does not define me. This thought is not life. It's not what the Word of God says, amen? Number three, do not conform. Romans 12 verse two says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. Ooh, that's a word. But be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on what? Godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may approve for yourself what is the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. The Bible is very clear. We should not conform to the patterns of this world. The patterns of this world is the thinking and the customs of this world. We should strive to renew our minds by what? Focusing on godly values, ethical attitudes. Where do you find this? The word of God. The word of God. I love this quote by Lo Tao. He says the following. He says, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Where does it begin? At the level of your thinking. Your thoughts, determine your reality and listen my friend you have the power to change your reality by changing your thoughts by focusing on what the Bible says about you and what you will allow into your mind determines your reality and ultimately your destiny amen the woman we had mentioned in the beginning the woman with the issue of blood was bleeding on the inside and maybe today you're sitting here and you're bleeding emotionally on the inside. But what happens? She heard a report of Jesus, that Jesus was on his way to heal someone. Hope was on the way. And she pushed through the crowd, she caught his robe, she caught a healing, because she thought. She caught, she, in that moment I was reading the scripture, and You know, I thought the story ended there. I thought, you know, it starts at the level of your thoughts, God. But God showed me something else. She caught a thought. She caught his robe. She caught a healing. But she also got something else. And you must understand, like I mentioned earlier, this woman was always defined by her condition. The way she's introduced in the Bible is by her issue, not by her name. She's introduced by her issue. So she touches Jesus' robe and is healed. And Jesus recognizes that power had gone out of him. And he looks around and he asks, who has touched me? The disciples are like, Jesus, we're in a crowd. Everyone's trying to touch you. But he kept saying, someone has touched me with something else. He said, someone has touched me. Who touched me? And he kept looking in the crowd and searching for the woman. And the woman comes up and says, it was me who touched you. She came trembling and she fell down at the feet of Jesus and told him the truth. And let's read Mark 5 verse 34. Then he said to her, Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to your health. Go in peace. Be permanently healed from your suffering. He calls her daughter. Jesus doesn't call her by an issue. He doesn't call her by her condition. He doesn't call her by a situation. He doesn't call her by the label people have placed on her. He calls her daughter. And I believe Jesus wanted to do something for her. Yes, she had caught a healing. But I believe Jesus wanted to change the perspective of how she saw herself. For 12 years she had been defined by her condition and this moment Jesus was introducing her as a daughter Jesus had not just come to heal her but he came to change her identity and you must understand this is the only time in the Bible that Jesus calls someone daughter so it's significant she caught her thoughts She caught his robe, she caught a healing, and her identity was restored. And I believe that Jesus is here today to change some perspectives of how you see yourself. He's here to change your identity of how you see yourself. Maybe you've defined yourself by your condition, by your past failure, by your suffering, by your illness, by the abuse you went through, by your lack, by what people have said about you but Jesus is here to change the way you see yourself He is here to change the perspective he's here to call you daughter he's here to call you son he's here to call you he's beloved he's here to call you blessed he's here to call you beautiful will you receive it will you catch what he says about you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, the spirit of the Lord is in the room. God, thank you for your word that it goes through bone and marrow straight to our souls. And God, I just want to pray for people who have been defined by their issue, who have have defined themselves by their condition. They've defined themselves by their suffering, they've defined themselves by what people say and think about them. God, would you change their perspective in this moment? Would you call them son? Would you call them daughter? Would you call them loved? Would you call them forgiven? Would you call them blessed? Thank you, Holy Spirit, we can feel your presence here. If you want, i want to pray for another group of people that Perhaps you've been having incorrect thoughts about your life. Maybe you identify with the examples that I gave of like really negative thinking. And if that's you, would you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you today because God wants to get that thing out of you. He wants to remove those negative thoughts from your life. So if you want to pray for these negative thoughts, these negative things that you thought about yourself, just lift your hands and let me pray. Thank you for your God, I pray for every single person who's dealing with these negative thoughts. I pray, God, that you would help them catch a new thought. How do they catch a new thought? By getting into your word. I pray for any spirit of depression. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Be gone. And I pray that you give them peace, a peace that surpasses all human understanding that God's, our hearts and our souls and our minds in Christ's. Jesus, thank you, Lord, that the beginning of our miracles begin at the level of our thoughts, and we've seen this in the scripture. I want to pray for anyone here today, maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus, maybe you're watching online, and you want to make the decision to come to follow Jesus, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. All you need to do is repeat this simple prayer, and church, will you pray this prayer with our brothers and sisters? Dear Lord Jesus, Please forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are Christ the risen Son. I confess and I believe that you died and rose again. And today I ask you. so glad that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Comment in the comment section. We want to connect with you. And if you've made a decision and you're here in the room, come and see me after the service and let's discuss because church, that's what church is all about. We want people to come and find freedom in Jesus Christ. And if you made that decision today, congratulations because the Bible says that in heaven that there is a wild party. There, There is celebrating. Amen. Can we give God our Yes.